We're rolling, Brent. Cool. So, welcome to another episode of Stories from a Bar. I'm your host, Chris Osborne, and for this episode, I am hanging out at Backstage Pub here at 501 Smith Street in Schenectady with owner Terry Aldridge. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Good, man. Good. Uh, having a little liquid lunch right now, so yeah, I hear that. feeling good about that. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a bad thing. I appreciate you taking the time to hang out. Yeah, of course. By the way, I like the flannel. Thanks. We got them for <laughs> the, sale downstairs. The backstage plug. <laughs> yep. Plug. There's a pl- merch plug right there off the bat. Yep. Uh, we're going to have some fun here. We got a few couple shots lined up. I'm drinking the McKellar Mosaic IPA. I forgot which one it was. Uh, Mechanic, I think it said on it. Subway Mosaic. Subway Mosaic. Subway Mosaic right now. Yep. And we're about to do a shot of Fernet Branca that Chris has never had before. I have not. I like this beer. <laughs> I haven't had a lot of McKellars, so. That's yeah, McKellar is always, they're, they're a staple on the, on the tap list. They just forever rotate and whatnot, but they're awesome. Just killer beer. <laughs> yeah, I've had, yeah, I think I've only had like two or three now. Yeah. But we were, of course, just talking about the weather because we're in for some snow. Not looking forward to that. Luckily, it's just rain right now. Yeah. And car troubles and Jeeps, how reliable they are, <laughs> it sounds like. Yeah, nobody has anything bad to say about Jeeps either. Everybody's my girlfriend always... hates my car so oh, much. Really? Oh, yeah. She hates it. Everybody She's always like, has bad things to say about Fords and Chevys and all the above and <laughs> nothing bad to say about Jeeps. <laughs> I'm looking at this shot. I'm like, well, maybe we should just do this now. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well get it done. Yeah. Fernet Branca. This is uh, Nectar of the Gods. I just set up a tattoo appointment to get the coin actually on my arm. So Nice. It's a uh, motor oil with a menthol finish. 23 Italian herbs. It's medicinal. The only thing allowed to be sold during Prohibition because it was considered medicine. Wow, that's I like that. Real weird. Yeah. I don't. You drink, either love it or hate it. There's no in between. I definitely don't. Like, I definitely eh, don't hate right. it. But yeah. I don't. I don't drink a lot of liquor. Right. Uh, more of a beer person in general. That's well, my maybe first a mixed one drink in, every once in a while. Yeah, that's I, my first one in God four or five days. I have no <laughs> idea the last time I took a shot of anything, but that doesn't that doesn't burn. It's just no. nice and smooth. Yep. I like that. Yeah, considered medicine. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say before we did that, but I guess it doesn't matter now. <laughs> It hasn't even kicked in, and I'm losing my train of thought already. But I'm excited to be hanging out at Backstage. Uh, finally, one of my... It's my first episode of 2022, actually. Like I mentioned, once January came around, I just got lazy. Yeah. It, it got cold. I didn't want to do anything on the weekends. I started doing some virtual happy hours, because those are fun. Yeah. With some friends online and just streaming that to the Facebook page. And I don't have to edit those, so yep. that's nice. <laughs> I did a couple of those. Uh, Wolf Hollow did those right at the beginning of COVID. Yeah. And they had a couple... Yeah, virtual happy hours, which were pretty fun, but it's fun to because it helps me put content out there. Yeah, and I don't have to do much. Right, I'm not saying it's good content; it's just content. Yeah, <laughs> just stuff. It's just stuff. That's all right. But I haven't been out and about because the last few episodes I've done, I've done at home <clears throat> since October was my last live one when I sat down with my ghost stories one with Mike from over at the Schenectady Historical Society. Oh, cool. That was fun. Hearing about the ghost stories all around Schenectady and stuff like that. Yeah. Very cool place. Nice. Uh, we, we did that over at Mad Jack. Cool. I love Mad Jack. Yeah. yeah. One of, Brian, it's a great place. Brian's one of my good friends. But, like I said, first episode in 2022. First one live since October. I can't believe, man, I went that long without going out and recording an episode out live. I feel like I wasted something, but not really. <laughs> Take a break and come back, you know, more furious than before and... Just get it going. But we are here at Backstage Pub. I like this place a lot. I don't, honestly, I don't get here as much as I wish I did. But then again, I just moved to this side of town this past summer. So I was living on the other side of town. So okay. I wasn't out in Schenectady, I think, was the only thing not close to me at the right. time. Because I lived in kind of Manan's water release. So I was just up the hill from Albany. Okay. Of course, now that I'm on the Schenectady side, I'll be, I'm out here this way more. <laughs> and. What I like about Backstage Pub is it's kind of like a hidden gem. Like, it's surrounded by taller buildings, kind of like all around. Yeah. <laughs> you don't really know it's here. Yeah. Unless you you're kind of really looking it for it. State Street. <laughs> sometimes the outside, sometimes a big neon works at full bore, and sometimes it just says uh, Stage Pub or Tage. <laughs> so, it's an old sign. And just, I like the, just the look of the building itself, too. Yeah. It stands out. It's definitely distinct and different than anything else you see in Schenectady. It right. kind of has like a like a homey cottage 
Yeah, it definitely looks like a house. It does. It does. That's which makes it just all the more kind of odd for its location, but in a great way. The only way you know it was a bar if the neons are on. That's true. If there wasn't a sign out there, you're like, somebody just live in a cabin in the middle of the city. Somebody just got a big friggin' house right there. (laughs) But it's cool because it kind of adds to that hidden gem type uh, mystique. And when you come in, like, it's small, but it's nice and cozy. It has a warm, homey type feeling, which I really enjoy. Uh, of course, great draft list. Yeah, which you, I'm sure you take a lot of pride in. I do. Trying to keep up on it, trying to regulate it a little more. And before I was doing 14, I mean it's 14 taps, so I was doing 14 rotating beers, and it just, I mean I'm in the kitchen 24/7 now. So to meet with the distributors and see what's new and taste all the different, because God, IPAs are all the rave right now. <laughs> Taste all the different IPAs and taste all the different this and that. And then all the new breweries, like the mixed breed hat you're wearing, yep. they just started coming in. He's a nice dude. A uh, um, guy? Yeah, cool. Yeah, a guy. He came in, uh, dropped off a bunch of samples. and But there's just so many more. I just got a call from um, Fifth Something. Fifth Something Brewing out of Rochester, I think. Fifth, Fifth Harmony? No. Um, Fifth Base or Fifth? Uh, oh, I don't remember. There's a lot. Yeah. That's a point. There, there's so many breweries. There's so many new beers coming out, and it's yeah, it was tough to keep up on. So I, you know, like Wolf Hollow Camphouse Stout is a forever. It just stays there. Mm-hmm. You know, McKellar always forever has its line. Sierra Nevada always has its line. Miller Light, but before it was 14 rotatings consistently, and it was tough that's, to keep up. I with. was gonna say, man, that seems like it'll get pretty crazy real it quick. Is, yeah, to keep up with the balance of having, you know. At, one at some points you know in the summer you want to have two sours on and you want to have one stout versus you know during the winter time you want to have a few dark beers plus you know one sour because it's not nice outside and then and then you want to have all kinds of ipas on you've got to have the west coast and the the hazy and the the old school and the it's crazy oh swearing or no swearing oh so- Go ahead and swear. Fuck. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure. Just making What's, sure. I, like, I forgot to warn you. You can say whatever you want, basically. If you feel like you say something stupid, this is pre-recorded. I'll just edit it out. Cool. <laughs> I'm not going to edit this part out, though, no, where I lay down the rules. No, that's that's perfect. <laughs> that's I just want to make sure. Part I, of the game. I can turn it off, but. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Fuck it. Good. One of, one of my favorite days of the year, which Schenectady, of course, hasn't done the last two years, I believe, because of COVID, is the wing walk and... The last time we did it, we started here. Yeah. And we always make it a point to definitely stop here and have a drink when we're doing it. If yeah. not two, the wings are always great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Two years ago, we took it. Judge's choice, anyway. Um, popular vote, I think, always goes to 20 North, which I love the guys over there, but they could put out a medium wing and they have such a freaking following. They do. They re- I've they noticed do. that. And their, their wings are slamming. <laughs> oh, I'm no, not they're delicious. The wings at all. They no, they're fantastic. To, I still go over there and get wings, <laughs> but they could put out a medium wing. And they would take it, guaranteed. It's funny you say that because I've had like, the wing walks great. There was like twelve or if not more, yeah, places with wings, and I had some really awesome wings. So yeah. when I and they, I think they took first place the one time I noticed. I'm like, I'm kind of surprised. Like it was great, yeah. And I know the following, but I loved this other wing. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, yeah. We took we took judges' choice uh, two years ago, right before COVID, and we did a smoked caramel bacon bourbon wing. I remember that. And it went on the menu. I actually, yeah, I actually smoked the wings at home, which isn't <laughs> allowed necessarily. But yeah, I had two smokers going, and I smoked for thirty six continuous hours, and Holy I smoked. Uh, I think it was like eighteen hundred and ninety two wings. Jesus. Yeah, it was pretty wild, <laughs> and we burned through essentially all of them, which is pretty crazy. But we do have the soup troll coming up, so they're getting back to that. They try to do the wing walk during COVID. I know they did it where we offered. Um, there was wing week where people. Yeah, we had offered wings up we offered a lower price and offered it at five ten and. I ate a lot of wings that week, helping yeah. to, as I say, support the small business. And I was in yeah. here and picked up. I think you guys were doing like a, a trifecta of spices. Yeah, we did a. Uh, it's on the menu right now. The Three's Company wing. Yeah, and that's the. Um, it's uh, fresh garlic, lemon pepper, and medium sauce. There's a lot of flavor, and it was yeah. delicious. <laughs> it definitely opens up the taste buds. <laughs> yeah, it and, does. yeah, that's the that's the number one seller right now. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 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 I, I, that's not a win I'll forget just because like that was a lot of taste. Yeah. To, to it's got a lot. Of, it's got a lot going on. We actually just upgraded the menu and put the uh, the backstage hot on, which is a, our take on a Nashville. 
I saw, I've seen, I haven't tried that. I've seen the pictures. That looks yeah. fantastic. So we did the Nashville hot and we did it with the, we did a hot three's company sauce. So nice. it's not just a regular hot sauce. It's super spicy, but with the garlic, lemon pepper, and all the above with blue cheese crumbles on top, pickles, and some coleslaw. You're making me hungry. And I just had a snack <laughs> before I got here. <laughs> uh, do you, like how long, I know you've owned this. And ran this place and worked here longer for at least the last few years. Uh, do you know, like, how long this building's been around? I don't know a lot about the building itself. So the actual, so what we're sitting in right now, this building specifically, not over in that section. When you walk up the stairs, this mm-hmm. building essentially has been here for a hundred, more than a hundred years. Oh wow! If you go downstairs and look at the foundation and whatnot, and then I, I want to say, so it was Frankie's for a while. That was way back. Uh, before that, there was a law office upstairs where we're sitting right now, and then it was a bar downstairs. It's been rearranged. When I redid the floors, I found out where the um, where the bathrooms used to be and stuff, and they had moved the bathrooms and re, you know, redone everything mm-hmm. on the inside. And then that section in the kitchen got bumped on probably 27 years ago, 28 years ago, um, and that's all solid fill concrete both ways. That's why if you walk in the front door we walked in and walk past the bathroom, you actually walk uphill. Oh, because it's sinking a little bit. <laughs> so it's um, still safe, but it's definitely uh, showing its age. And then uh, it's been the backstage for Bob White owned it, started it as backstage 15, 15 or 16 years ago. OK. And then it went to uh, Casey Blum and Brian Coyne. Uh, they had a falling out. Casey got out. Brian and his wife, Brittany, owned it. And I moved back from the city and walked in one night and they said they gave me a tour and I started paperwork essentially the next day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I've owned it for three and a half years, coming up on four in owning it like May opening June will be four years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Well, congrats on that. Thanks. Yeah, It's been a fun (laughs) ride. (laughs) So, I mean, that's a good segue. Let's talk about how kind of you've been here for that four, four ish. Yeah. Four, four and a half years or so now. Uh, how'd you end up getting into the hospitality industry? Um, you're from you're a Boston Spa native, right? Boston Spa, yeah. I did come across, because I did do a little research. Did you look at that, Instagram? No, because oh, okay. that art, I did, well, I mean, I looked there too. Okay. I start with that in Facebook, and then I do the Google search. <laughs> right. You're just basic research. I don't yeah. put a lot of effort into this. Right. Uh, but I did find the uh, one Gazette article from like 2018 that talked yep. about... Uh, you started working here, eventually taking over. So it must have been right after you were getting ready to reopen the place. Yeah, so but that so that article, just to clarify, I didn't work here before. Oh, okay. I, I reached out to oh, the so Daily the, Gazette the, the and the Saratogian and all the uh, – right, all these things. And I was hung up on and I was – we're just trying to promote the place. I oh, was yeah. like, dude, can I – like, can you just write a little article about me and just say, you know, the backstage pub's open again. It's under new ownership because the last owners really, like, faltered the name. They um, towards the end they were taking reservations for shows across the street and then not opening because they didn't want to. Oh wow! And they were taking deposits for up here. They used to do big private parties up here, and they were taking hundred dollar, two hundred dollar deposits and then not showing up. Oh yeah, that's fucked up. Right. So, a lot of people when they were first coming in, they were like, you know, from the old gift cards to the you know, talking about the old place, asking about the old menu, and I'm like, that's. Like, this is a brand new place. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to get the word out there that it was a brand new place. So I reached out to all these reporters, all these people, and they were like, nah, fuck off. Like, it's been there forever. I'm like, no, no, no. But I, like, I redid the downstairs. I'm doing this. It's a brand new menu. We have a chef, blah, blah, blah. Like, crazy tap list. It's not your basic nonsense anymore. And they all just told me to fuck off, basically. And so one dude finally was like, listen, if you write some stuff down and send it to me, I'll edit it and publish it. You think it wouldn't be and, that hard for them if they're just looking for right. a little... I even took my own picture. I had my bartender <laughs> take the picture of me behind the bar just to send it in. It was like, I'm like, your Daily Gazette, like, you're in Schenectady. You're supposed well, to, like, got to need content for something. Right. That's crazy. So, yeah, that's the story behind that. As far as the, yeah, Balsam Spa. So did you get your start working around Saratoga restaurants? Yep. I worked like in that. Saratoga. So I, I went out to school in Buffalo and... Uh, kind of fell out with that and then came back and we were actually in it's harvey's now in saratoga but it used to be irish times okay My i know I've, I, I know I've definitely seen that harvey's yeah it's right on uh phyla street yep yep big two-story by the uh yeah that's the one parking garage and uh awesome place the guy that owns it now matt he's the one that came up with the cuomo chips 
that we were talking about before. <laughs> so yeah, before that, you know, it was Irish Times, and this was back in I don't even know the dates anymore. Ten years ago, I don't know, twelve years ago, probably. Nah. And uh, <clears throat> we were sitting there, and my mom just my mom and I were having a beer, and she goes, you know, you you could probably do this. Like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, you're personable. You know, you're a people person, blah, blah, blah. So you could probably bartend because I didn't know what direction I was going in. Mm -hmm. When I was out in Buffalo, I mean, I went to school for construction and project management, and I did that for years and fell out with that. Just didn't love it anymore. I don't need to be in an office. I need to be hands-on. I get it. And so I went out there for architecture and engineering, and then I switched over to business, and I did this, and I just fell out with it. I was like, I can't sit in a classroom. I can't sit in an office. I'm a hands-on person. I need to do it myself. Like, let's go. And so, yeah, I was at a crossroads, and she said, you should do this. And I signed up for uh, the New York State bartending school the next day. Oh, wow. And went down to – it was on Long Island, actually. Week program, 40 hours. They put you in the you know the worst environment, the club environment. So the dude would walk in at eight o'clock in the morning, turn the lights off, turn the strobes on, put on house music, full bore. Trying to make it as awful as possible. Yep. And we all had our own station and he just started screaming drinks. You know, we'd we'd talked or whatever. And then Mm -hmm. he's like, all right, time to make drinks. And he would scream out drinks and you would just have to make them. That's what it was. Oh, wow. It was like boot camp for fucking bartending. It was wild. That's, That's crazy. Yeah. So I did that. I actually, I don't know if I still hold the record, but I broke the record. So the, the end of it is a, um, it's a speed test and a written test. So you take the written test, all your different varietals of wines and, you know, different cocktails and all this stuff. And then your speed test is 20 cocktails, 20 different cocktails without looking at the recipes while holding a conversation and not spilling <laughs> within six <laughs> minutes or less. Wow. So I hit, I think, 407 doing all that and the instructor looked at me and he was like you're a son of a bitch like what are you talking about he goes you beat my record you beat my score and it was just yeah i hit four minutes and seven seconds doing 20 it's funny it's funny when you lay out like all the aspects you were trying to focus on there but the casual when i go in for a drink that's not something i think about when i'm just chatting with the person that's the thing you have to multitask you can't like bartending is about the personal experience too unless you're in a club screaming bud light at the top of your lungs you know you you want to be able to chat with the bartender while they're making your drink. And that's that's a huge personal aspect, but it's also yeah, that's that's just one of the keys of bartending. Like you have to be personable and you have to be able to talk while you're making a cocktail. You can't look like you're under pressure, you can't look like you're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was the, you know, it was pretty wild. That's but yeah, cool. so I did that, came back up here, got a job at Applebee's in Saratoga, Wilton. It was horrible. <laughs> I bartended there on Sundays for six months. One day a week I bartended. Got to get your foot in the door. Yeah, so. served the other day. And then I went to Boca Bistro, and they were waiting. They, they were looking for three years' experience or more. Mm-hmm. And I did a live interview, which is just where you get thrown into the shit, basically. Yeah. Hey, it's happy hour. Do what, do what you can do. And uh, I got hired there. I was there for a little while, left, went to the city for three months. Cause I'm, I don't know if you saw on the article or Instagram, a, but I'm a, been go to Brooklyn for three years. Yeah. Yeah. So for the first three months I went to Brooklyn, I'm a, I'm a dancer. I'm a hip hop dancer. Uh, really? Yeah. You would never know. Cause I'm a big white dude with the beard. Um, <laughs> I, I'll admit I'm surprised. Yeah. Everybody normally is. People come in and they're like, I just started following you on Instagram. What learn, the hell is this? Learn something new every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I normally get, what the fuck is this? Why are you dancing? <laughs> That's what I used to do. I used to, you know, music videos and choreography, and I've done 20-something flash mobs. For... We'll get back to this. I want to hear more yeah, about yeah. this. Right. How'd you get into hip-hop dancing? And stuff? Uh, I got into hip-hop, actually, when I was 14. That was just one of those things. So, all right, to back up further. When Throwing I was... all my notes out the window. Yeah. <laughs> new focus. So, when I was 14, I, uh, I was a big rollerblader growing up, an inline skater. Oh, me too. And uh, I was going down to Kelly Park in Balsam Spa. One day, it was right after summer school, the only time I ever had to go to summer school, ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And we were going down this big hill right on Rollins Street. And at the end of the hill, it was a V cur- uh, a V turn. It's just a super sharp turn. Yep. I was wearing inlines, so small wheels. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, I was wearing aggressives. So small wheels, no brakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went into the grass, 
and my front wheels went in. I face planted. I had to get uh, airlifted to Albany Medical Center, and uh, yeah, I lacerated my liver. I hit the ground so oh hard that it like, yeah, they said it was like a hot dog in a microwave. It just had that slit on it. Yeah. There's no visual component to this, but my right. jaws just dropped. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that was when I was 14. I was laid up for a while. Um, there's no surgery involved in that. It was just heal on its own, so I wasn't able to like walk up and down stairs and whatnot. Little did you know you were going to need that liver in tip-top shape for later in life. Well, that's the thing. Liver's a muscle, so <laughs> mine split, <laughs> and muscle builds up bigger after that. There you so go. that's what I. Uh, that's what I kind of adhere uh, the fact that I can drink so much, um, <laughs> which isn't necessarily a good thing, but it's uh, it makes sense. So yeah, we saw I saw an ad in the paper that was God I don't I don't remember I think it was Joanne's Dance Center at that point. It's JDC now up in uh, Boston Spa right across from Rollins Street Garage, mm-hmm. and it said hip hop classes. And immediately I'm like, all right, it's break dancing classes. Like I'm gonna spin on my head. Like that's what I that's what every fucking teenage kid wants to do. Like I want to spin on my head. And I walked in, and my first costume was pleather pants and a skin-tight purple shirt. Nice. And I danced to Craig David, I think. Craig David. And I don't know. I fell in love with it. I kept it up from there. I started teaching when I was 17. And then I taught all the way up until I moved out to Buffalo. I taught out in Buffalo at a couple different studios. Adele School of Dance, I think they're still out there. And then uh, Joyce's something, I can't remember. But yeah, then I, I don't know, after bartending and whatnot, I was at Boca Bistro and I got accepted to a dance training program in, in Manhattan, uh, Broadway School or Broadway Dance Center in Manhattan mm-hmm. and uh, moved down there for three months, moved back up because I decided that's what I wanted to do. I started working at Forno Bistro in Saratoga at the end of Broadway. And saved up, worked through track season, worked at Cantina, the old Cantina. Now it's yeah. a mercantile. Okay. Um, so I worked at the old cantina, saved up as much as I could, got up to like 10,000 and got an apartment, moved back down to the city and danced for three years. Wow. Yep. Danced and bartended. That was it. <laughs> Not at the same time. That is, well, I mean, you <laughs> could have. Right. Wow. That is not what I, uh, something I expected to touch yeah. on. You said go off on tangents. There it is. That was <laughs> awesome. Yep. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, so, and that, I mean, what was the motivation to, so you're in Brooklyn for three years or yep. so. What was the motivation to finally come back up this way then? Um, for me, honestly, dance change. The city was a little toxic for me. I worked at a, a bad bar in Brooklyn. I don't know as much. I don't know a lot about Brooklyn. When I go down, yeah. I'm mostly just Manhattan. Well, so everybody knows Bed-Stuy because that's where Biggie was. Oh, okay. Bed-Stuy's a bad part. <laughs> it's starting, it's, yeah, it's starting to be gentrified right now. We were the last ungentrified bar. So... At midnight, all my regulars knew to leave because the hood was coming in. It was that simple. There's no other way to describe it. Oh, wow. Fake credit cards, knives. Like, we had security all night. Like, it was not a great bar. Mm-hmm. Atmosphere was great during the day. One of the best brunches. They won Bloody Mary of the Year several years in a row. Great food. But it just hit that time, and that's when the shit happened. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So that's what was funny when I moved back up here and I was talking about buying a bar in Schenectady, which I'm right next to the city mission. Salvation Army's here. The jail's up the road. Mm-hmm. And people were like, you gotta be careful. Schenectady. I'm like, I just lived in bed for three years. Like I've been followed home. I've had knives and guns pulled on me. Mm-hmm. I've jumped the bar, chased people down the road. Uh, like I'll be okay. I mean, I mean, people still make those Schenectady jokes from time and time again, yeah. but this place has changed so much Guaranteed. over the last Every every fifteen place, to twenty years, it's crazy. Right. Every place has bad parts. Yeah, you go to Saratoga, and they're known for track season and Broadway and Caroline Street, but then you go up towards like the Salvation Army up there, and it's not fucking good. No, there are bad places everywhere, and people are just I don't know. Schenectady is one whole bad place, all because of what Hamilton Hill, which is just I don't know. Hamilton Hill has been there forever. It's Hamilton Hill. Yeah, don't go up there. Like, if you don't want to go to a bad part, don't go to Hamilton Hill. That's it. Other than that, downtown is booming. It's it's so different. From, like, I'm from Schenectady. I, like I said, I've moved south when I was 15, came yeah. back when I was 20. And just seeing the difference from when I was a, when I was here as a kid, yeah. like, it, it's not the same, even close to the same. Right. With all the money that, that's gone into downtown, the yeah. casino, and just everything else around it. Right. And you they're know. opening back up the um, the stretch over by uh, North J right there. Mm-hmm. They're opening that back up. 
that's an that's the next project going over to the casino oh yeah 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 so that's getting opened back up that's actually you said you're from schenectady that garage that's right on the corner right there jojo's yep. Yeah. It used to be JoJo's Auto Service. It was my okay. grandfather. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's hopefully going to be the next bar. I'm working with um, Breaking a, news. a bank right now. Yeah, I haven't really <laughs> announced it, but now it's getting announced. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, JoJo's Tap Room. Yeah, it's a two-bay garage. It's got a nice little office on it. And when he was alive, I mean, that's where he always was. His house is right, you know, pretty much attached to it. And, yeah, he passed uh, a year ago. He passed on the first. He made it out of 2020. Passed on the 1st of 2021. Oh, wow. So, yeah, in the process of doing that and doing almost a uh, beer garden meets 151 with the backstage food. Nice. Wide open space, industrial, huge patio, you know, plants all the way around it, big wrought iron fence kind of thing. So, yeah, that's that's the next project. Nice. Yeah. So, well, might as well bring it back to backstage so yeah. you're back in the schenectady area what yep. was it about backstage i think you touched on this already so it wasn't really anything about backstage it was um it was just an opportunity that yeah. arose so this guy that used to work for artisanal dan kravitz yep, he works know, yeah. yeah so you know dan he works for uh what's it was he working in albany now city beer hall city beer hall he left yep. artisanal for there yeah so dan's an awesome dude like he he's definitely a little pretentious when it comes to certain things but he is he delivered my beer when they were doing delivery yeah covid he is one of the biggest beer snobs I've ever met, but he is brilliant. He has such a fucking palate. Like any time that he stopped in, if I needed to describe a beer or learn about it or had a question, like he was my go-to. Mm-hmm. He's he's brilliant when it comes to that stuff. So anyway, he was working at Artisanal at the time, back when they were on Geyser. Yep. And we were big fans before they started to distribute with DiCrescenti. We would go there, and I had a kegger at my my mom had a keg rate at her house, and I was still staying there at the time, before I bought this place. Right when I moved back from the city, and um, yeah, we would go there and get kegs, and met Dan, and I don't know, my mom and uncle got to talking with him, and said something about the beer abbey, and he used to be the, I say used to be the GM at the beer abbey. Really? Yeah, hey, I remember did. the beer abbey. It wasn't yeah. open all that long, I don't right. think, over on Union right. Street. Yep, it's been like three or four different places. Since yeah. Then. So they were talking about the beer abbey with him, and he goes, nope, don't go over there. The codes, the basement, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's, you know, the electrical box downstairs is behind a pillar kind of thing. Like, everything's out of code. It would have had to be redone. That doesn't surprise me. All those buildings in that stretch are, like, 100 years old. Yeah. I mean, you're talking to this yeah. place, too. Like, <laughs> so there's definitely stuff here. It's connected. He's old. Yeah. But, yeah, he, he goes, he just said something about the backstage. And... I don't know, my mom and uncle, like I said, talked to him about it, and we just came down here on a random day. Came over here, had the tour, hung out, went over to the lighthouse, had dinner, talked about it, or had happy hour, talked about it. Mm-hmm. And we came back here and grabbed something to eat after I got the tour, and I was like, yeah, I'm pretty much sold on it. It took all the day for me to... <laughs> I was just tired of doing it for somebody else. Yeah. You know, you that get to that sense. point where you just... Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at... You know, working at the place is called the Black Swan in the city. They're now shut down. I think COVID took them out. But yeah, the owner. I'm I'm watching all this money come in, and I'm doing on an average night, you know, three or four thousand dollars in sales by myself. I'm like, the fuck am I doing this for somebody else? Why mm-hmm. am I not, you know, doing it for me? It's been hard, like, but it is what it is. I'm doing it for myself. I don't yeah. care if I work twenty four hours for myself. I don't want to work ten hours for somebody else. So. Yeah, started the paperwork the next day, and I don't know, probably four or five months later, sold, signed the papers. And wow. I believe that was back in 2018. Yep. I vaguely, I want to say I vaguely remember what it looked like prior it was, to that. Yeah, it was a lot of, so they have all the, I still have all the How much remodel? You guys posters. did a lot of remodeling and stuff, I did right? all the remodel yeah. myself, with the exception of the floor downstairs. My cousin Pete came in and helped. If I had to do anything like switch out little lights and stuff like that, my Uncle Joe came in and uh, did all the electrical. My mom painted. I taped all the walls, floors downstairs, the wainscoting on the walls, which is all rough-cut lumber from Curtis. Like, So my mom came in and double-coated polyurethane, everything, painted the ceiling tile by tile downstairs. Holy cow. Yeah. Real family affair. Yeah. I've got a good family, tight family, and 
just reached out and said, yeah, I needed help. And they would come down after work. My uncle Joe worked at GE for a while. So he would pop over and just do whatever I needed to have done and cleaned out the kitchen and got some new stuff back there. got some new coolers. They had a three bay reach in beer cooler behind the bar that we mm-hmm. had to lift up and over the bar. It was broken, been broken for years. Jeez. And they just kept it there. <laughs> it was like 600 pounds. We oh had to lift God. it up and over the bar. It took six of us. Oh, man. Yeah. Almost demolished the bar. Like, yeah, it was a lot of remodel. It was probably three or four months of remodel. And then we opened on, we opened in June on the last show of the year, which sucked. Oh, for Proctors? For Proctors. The last show of the year, and then they shut down for summer. So we open up on one of the busiest weeks, no menu. I didn't, I didn't even have a handwritten menu. We had a handwritten menu the next day. That Tuesday we opened, we were literally just, I bought everything. I was like, give people the first round, that's on me, and send out, we had a bunch of different deviled eggs made, and we were sending out wings and just appetizers. Yep. Just a little smorgasbord, you know, here you go, take this. And then the next day we had a handwritten menu. And we had a couple more things and whatnot. And then, yeah. And then it Proctor shut down for the summer, and we were still known as that bad bar. Oh, yeah. So it was pretty slow. I didn't realize the reputation the place had prior to you taking yeah. it over. Like I said, I wasn't, I don't, I didn't know a lot about downtown Schenectady, I think, at the time. Yeah. How long did it take before you kind of really started to see an uptick in guests then and trying to clean up the name? Um, I would say a year and a half. So you guys are like highly regarded now a lot of people love this place i mean you have a good reputation with the draft list yeah but the food looks fucking phenomenal yeah thank you uh, yeah i've I, only i've only had wings so far yeah. i keep meaning to get here to try to eat more but and those were delicious yeah yeah we um well so to give you the backstory of that so i had a cook in shout here. out to he the chefs you've had yeah he's not great <laughs> he was a cook he wasn't a chef he came in here and you know it started off pretty good, and then I realized how much of an alcoholic he was, and he was, I mean, we went through, I was bartending at the time. I had myself and uh, a girl I actually used to teach dance to, Jess, who then since worked over at Frog and worked for, you know, um, reform architecture and stuff like that. Oh, okay. But that's what she went to school for, so it made sense to, mm-hmm. you know, move on. So I had this guy in here, and we went through 13 cooks in the first two months oh wow three months of being open yeah one day he just went too far and called me up still hammered and he's you know i get different offers all day every day you're fucking paying me this blah 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 and i was all right man come get your last check we're good Hmm. and i had two other guys in the kitchen at that point who were just line cooks they didn't know what they were doing on the grill and stuff like that and uh took me another three weeks i think there was this big dude rolando who um, came in hammered one day and threatening to beat the shit out of the other guy as I was bartending during a show rush. And, Opportune uh, moment? Yeah, great. You know, tickets lined out the ass, and he's like, got got the cleaver in his hand or something, like threatening the other dude, essentially. <laughs> and I went back there, and I'm babysitting him, babysitting him, and he finally just says, after this ticket, I leave. I go, what do you mean you leave? He goes, I quit. Why don't you get the fuck out of my kitchen right now, then? Yeah. He goes, what? I go, you're not going to cook anything else in my kitchen if you think you're going to be unprofessional like this and quit during a show rush. Get the fuck out right now. And he was a bigger dude than me. Mm-hmm. He was probably 6'5", used to be like a bodybuilder-ish, super wide shoulders. And um, yeah, he grabbed his stuff, turned around, looked at the other kid who was an army guy and backhanded him. Oh, wow. I caught him under his armpit and threw him through the kitchen door. He barreled out onto the floor in the middle of a show rush. We're full. Comes barreling out of the floor, and I just ran and threw him through that side door. Oh, geez. Yeah. It was a good show rush. And then uh, <laughs> I just turned around, and it was a it was an older clientele that night. I don't remember what show it was, but I just looked at the ladies, and I was like, listen, ladies, I'm sorry about that. They go, well, looks like you did what you needed to do. So, uh, yes, ma'am. And they I just they went didn't back really and, get a show at the bar, too. Right, right. So, yeah, I, I went back in the kitchen and I looked at the kid and younger kid. I was like, hey, man, uh, he's got tears rolling down his face. And I go, all right, just collect yourself for a minute. And uh, I don't need a piece of fried chicken down when you're ready. <laughs> like, there's no stopping. In a bar. There isn't. Yeah. I'm sure you've talked to other people about that. Like, you, there's no time to stop. No. People out in the dining room don't give a shit. No. 
if you're, it doesn't matter if you're busy. It doesn't matter if you chop a finger off, put some duct tape on it and keep going. Like nobody cares. I've had, I've, I've cut myself so many times back there, gushing blood, whatever it is. And I just, I get somebody and I'm like, all right, grab the duct tape, grab the electrical tape, grab the fucking super glue. Let's mm-hmm. go. Take the buns off for me. They're going to burn. <laughs> like, you don't stop. It's a crazy business. Yeah. Give me a shot of Fernet. We're going. <laughs> That's pretty much it. So what's your favorite thing about this place? Oh, I don't know. The library started to be my favorite up here. I. Well, let's I talk about the this li- this upstairs area of the library because this is awesome. This is like a yeah awesome little lounge. Yep. Almost has a man a man room type. Yeah, it's definitely like a man cave feel. feel. But we're starting to get you know, we're we're getting a a very wide variety of people up here, which is nice. You haven't had this renovated for that long, have you? This this upstairs part. This actually, I've been working on for the entirety of the time. Oh wow. Yeah. So I actually, when I first opened, I used to sleep right behind me. I had an air mattress up here for the first two and a half, three months. Mm-hmm. So clothes scattered all about, <laughs> and I would, I would work, you know, whatever, 14, 16 hours downstairs, and then come up here, go to bed, get up, go over to the YMCA. Never work late out. for work. Yeah. Work out, take a shower, come back and open. So that was the first three months. And then I really started renovating it. It was during COVID, actually, that I uh, got the like the barn doors done. And uh, Joe Boudreaux, who is one of the bartenders up here, he's all over the place. He was over at the Nest at one point. He's been at Daly's on Yates for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best bartenders I've ever met, worked with, like mixologist. And I don't throw that word around lightly. Nobody really likes to be called mixologist. And if you call yourself a mixologist, you're like, all right, fucking douche. It, like, it does sound more douchey when the person that is the mixologist like uses it. the term. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm a mixologist. No, you're not. Stop <laughs> it. Like, you made a vodka cranberry. Good job. But yeah, so Joe actually, um, he stopped working over at the nest and he came over here and he was just, he's the type of person that, I mean, he's kind of like me. I'm, I, attain to be more like him let's say once he gets something in his head he doesn't stop until it's finished mm-hmm. it's and that's what he told me right from the beginning he's like do you want to open upstairs i go yeah he's like if you tell me that you want to open upstairs like i'm not going to stop we are going to be here every single day so he works an engineering job during the day probably 10 or 12 hours and then he would come over here and i would have a list of shit for him to do oh wow and he would Stain the doors, poly the walls, put this up, assemble the the uh, stools and tables I got, you know, just literally everything. Black out the windows. So he did, I would say, 90% up here. And then I came up when I could help, but I'm still running the bar downstairs. Yep. So. Well, he did an awesome job. Yeah. Yeah, he did a great job. Uh, why the library? Um... I know that's the, that's the tag you have I, given this. Yeah, I wanted it to area. be. I wanted it to be like if your significant other was at home almost, and you just you know, hey, where are you? And you could just say, well, you know, Matt, I stopped at the library real quick. I do. It's Something. a good name man. <laughs> when you're sitting. Like, I mean, I mean, if I if you haven't seen it or been in it, you may not understand. But if you're sitting here, like, that's a it's a good name. It suits it. It has that kind of yeah, like reading room. Like right. I said, lounge. I was going for like speakeasy. Speakeasy okay. Lounge. You even have a shelf with some books over there. So yeah, I mean. I've got a couple shelves with <laughs> yeah, books. Yeah, there you go. We've got random books. Actually, we have, um, so a uh, guy that works for me right now, Joel, if you're into poetry and all that stuff, he has several books out. And he bartends up here. Nice. And he, um, Jay Dorian up there, he just uh, published his first novel, which is called Lucid. Cool. Um, but yeah, he's got a couple poetry books up here and stuff like that. and. So yeah, it's it's got books and it's got all the above and it's normally dark and candle lit and uh, separate cocktail list. We're actually switching up next week. Nice. Yeah, and then we do uh, barrel aged cocktails behind you. So if you want to try those at some point, all the uh, little barrels right there. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So I've got like uh, in the Sagamore Rye, I've got a chocolate old fashioned that's been in there for like seven or eight months. Oh geez. Yeah. Then we've got Negronis and uh, Bombardiers. Negroni, I'm familiar with. Yep. So it's a barrel-aged Negroni. The Bombardier is Negroni made with whiskey. Okay. And then I did a, my first time doing vodka, it's a lemon drop ginger martini. Hmm. So yeah, there's a bunch of different stuff. And um, yeah, there's memberships up here and stuff like that. And uh, 
almost like a cigar locker, but it's a whiskey locker. It is, and it definitely has like that underground home yeah. type feel, yeah. which I really dig. Nice and relaxing. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be more of the loungy type. I was talking with somebody about it last night that was kind of like, she signed up for a membership, and I just I showed her the last page, and it, it just says on top, you know, the not-so-fine print, or the, yeah, the not-so-fine print. And she was like, well, what is it? I go, don't be an asshole. <laughs> that's, that's basically what we tell people. You should just be a general rule of life. Right, right. But downstairs, you know, people want to rip shots and they want to do this. And yeah. Like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do another round of shots and the round of shots up here. It's not that place. This is supposed to be a lounge. It's supposed to have that loungy feel. You're supposed to be able to come up here and we have a separate menu, too. I mean, we'd still do regular food up here, but we have, you know, a nice charcuterie board and we have we do a, a sweet plate, actually, a, a dessert charcuterie board from chocolate from bittersweet candy. Oh, wow. Which, if you've never been there, my friend Heather Lent owns it. And she's been doing it for... Is they on J Street? Right on J Street. Yeah. Yep. yep. Heather Lent right over on J Street, and she's busting her ass right now because Valentine's Day is coming up. Oh, so she's, God, yeah. But we'll be doing events with her, and we do events up here, and we did one with, I can't remember the name of their company right now, but Andrew and Courtney just actually got married. Cool, cool people. They make cheesecakes, and they make some of the best fucking cheesecakes I've ever had. Like, somebody brought me, uh, Joe. I love cheesecake. Joe actually brought me one for my birthday in November, and I was like, it was like fucking 10 pounds. Holy shit. Yeah, and it was like a tiramisu espresso with candied walnuts, blah, blah, blah. That sounds fantastic. That was ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. I can't remember the name of their company right now, but... Maybe I'll get it to you and you can add it to the show notes or something. I did just try to finagle some free cheesecake. Yeah, right. (laughs) Worth a shot. Yeah. So do stuff like that. We have wines up here. We still have crazy craft beer, you know, only in cans and bottles. So, yeah, whenever you're ready for another one, just. (laughs) I'm I'm good for now. Okay. Uh, Something I wanted to touch on. You've got involved a little. One thing I've noticed about Schenectady, just following all the social media stuff. It's a real tight knit group amongst. Mm -hmm. The, uh, just like a lot of places amongst all the local small restaurants and yeah. breweries and stuff like that you got involved with some collaboration beers right between you yeah. and wolf hollow and stuff like that and for charity yep and proceeds and stuff uh, what were some of those so we started doing that a while ago and that was just i'm, I'm good friends with kyle folk up at uh he's the brewer up at uh wolf hollow and then brian oh god brian bacon i'm blanking on his freaking name right now <laughs> The, the brewer over at Mad Jack. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. Anyway, he's a brewer over at Mad Jack, and they're two of the best brewers I've ever, you know, known or worked with. And to listen to them talk back and forth, I mean, mm-hmm. all I can think of is, okay, this is science. Like, this is great. And they're just brilliant at what they do. And then Hunters on Jay. Um, great became, place. Yeah, we became great friends, Jay and I. And I look to him for a lot of advice, and we bounce each other, you know, ideas off each other. And we talk pretty much daily during COVID. But anyway, back to that. Basically, we just we got together and we were like, let's do a bar crawl. Let's brew a beer at somebody's place and all do a simultaneous release that day. And we did a bar crawl from here over to uh, Hunter's on Jay. Ended over there, had a bunch of pizzas and whatnot. Nice. The first, I think we did St. Jude's first and then we did Jack's Place. Uh, raised a bunch of money. And the big one we just did um, was Mission 22. My girlfriend actually got me onto that. We were talking about it last night. Mission 22 is like a relief fund for veteran suicide awareness. Mm-hmm. And she was big into it when we first met. And she was actually doing, they do a push-up challenge. So 22 push-ups Oh, I remember your day. videos yeah. on that one. So per day, you know, for a month. She got me into that. And then the next time she was doing it, she actually did 2,200 push-ups in a month. Holy shit. Which is absurd. Yeah, she's a monster. Like she's not, she's not a monster pig. She's, she's just, she's, she's so fucking driven. And she just like, she, she did pushups and I was like, fuck, I can't do 10 pushups. And she's ripping off. Like she would rip off 50 at a rip. Oh, wow. I was like, what the hell? I think I maxed out at 30 ish. Yeah. I think I, I, I started doing the 22 actually yesterday at the gym. I was like, oh, this is great. I do, I, 22 I do 50 a day, but I bring, I do 25 at a time. Okay. Just a little something. Yeah. It's nice to have that break. Yeah. So, yeah, we did that. We raised – that was us, Katie O'Burns. Uh, Tommy Kennedy got in with that one. Yep. And then uh, – sorry, I'm trying to find <laughs> – Brian's last name? Yeah. Why can't I remember? <laughs> it's bothered me so much. And it's funny. I'm going to see it and be like, oh, shit. Conley. Brian Conley, Conley. over at Mad Jack. Well, this will be a fun 
a fun experiment to see if he listens to the podcast he and does. then attacks you for not remembering his last name. We'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, we did the mission twenty two. We brewed a or uh, we we actually brewed over at brewed over at Wolf Hollow. I want to say that time. So what they do is they bounce back and forth. Mm-hmm. So we did the first beer was called Big Stupid Stout. That one I've seen. Yep. So that was one of our best ones, and I mean all of them were delicious. We have the Big Stupid Stout on right now, and we actually named that because Kyle was just talking one day. And he's a big dude, and he was just like, I just want to brew a like a big stupid stout. And I go, well, let's fucking name it that. It's a great name. Yeah, I like that. Big stupid stout. Yeah. Stupid spelled, you know, S-T-O-O. <laughs> Needs a catch, a hook. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So we did the big stupid stout. We've done uh, Dumb Dumb Stupid IPA, which is from Parks and Rec. Oh. Dumb Dumb Stupid over here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we took that. Brian and I are big fans. Brian great, Conley. Great show. Um, Brian Conley and I are big uh, fans of Parks and Rec. That is a great show. Yeah. And then for the Mission 22, we did a big uh, big fruit salute. So we did a fruited sour that came out fantastic. And we raised like, we did a donation based on anybody that came in and did 22 push-ups to any of the five bars. We The bars donated. So we oh, collectively cool. added everything up and we donated $2 per person. Um, so we ended up. Plus, we donated back the beer and stuff like that. We did T-shirts for it. We raised like almost five grand. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was that was probably the best one so far. But yeah, it's all about like you were saying, tight knit group and being local and stuff like that. You know, Wolf Hollow's not huge. Mad Jack's not huge. Hunters on Jay, I'm not huge. Mm-hmm. Like, but many small businesses make a big business. It's crazy because these are all top-notch right. quality places too like hunters right. is great they have an ama- fantastic draft hunters selection. destroys my tap list uh that was I, funny i, I, I try walked... to keep up with jay and he's just like they, oh man that's, he's always a step ahead. that tap list is crazy and yeah. it, <laughs> and uh, i went in there one day and when i hadn't been there in a really long time again another place on the wind walk we would definitely stop yeah. and grab a yeah. beer and i'm looking at the bartender we're looking at each other we're like i fucking know you zach oh he used to work here no, we worked at Target together years ago. Oh, no we're shit. We're like, son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. So it was funny. Zach actually used to work here back when Brittany, Brittany and Brian owned it or Casey, Casey, uh, Casey and Brian owned it. So two owners ago, he worked here. Oh, so wow. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. Zach and I worked at Target together just years ago. Yeah, that's it had awesome. to be. That was probably 2002, yeah. 2003 timeframe. Not long after I moved back up here from the south, which I yeah. think was 2001. Or maybe no, it was around 2003, somewhere around that early, early, early 2000. Yeah, but yeah, we hadn't seen each other in years. Like you look so fucking familiar. Yeah, well, he's all tatted up. <laughs> oh yeah, he did not have the tattoos when I worked with him at Target. Yeah. Like that was crazy. Yeah. So I suppose we could expect more collabs, collaborations oh, to come in the future. Yeah, I recommend one called Stories from Backstage. Stories from Backstage. Yeah, I'd do that. I'm happy to help. Yeah, I do. Want to get involved somehow. Yeah, that'd be cool. One day. So we, we try to involve as many people as possible. And, you know, just like I said, we did a bar crawl for the uh, Big Fruit Salute and went from here over to Hunters and whatnot. And then during, right around Halloween, it's actually on right now, it's from 2020, is the Big Stupid Stout. And it was a like a Halloween marshmallow, can, a Halloween candy stout, 9.5%. And it's delicious beer. But it's people are scared of nine and a half percent. It's a sipping beer, right? So we um, we actually got Heather Lent from Bittersweet Candy involved in that, and she helped you know with the chocolate aspect of it mm-hmm. and this and that. So yeah, again, many small businesses make a big business, and you know, yeah. Mind if we take a quick little break before we finish up? By all means. So that was. A nice little break. I just turned it back on, so you convinced me to take another shot of Fernet after I just got another beer. <laughs> and all you had to do was say, you want another Fernet? I'm like, you're not going to say no. Right. <laughs> That's all it takes. So cheers, cheers, sir. I'm going straight home after this and then not moving, so. <laughs> it's not a bad thing with the storm coming in and everything. Might as well. And I grabbed this can of beer out of the fridge, mainly because the label is the first thing I noticed with the octopus just on it. big just octopus, undersea. yep. Like, and I didn't even know what it was. So Tox Brewing Company, uh, just called Red Stuff, crazy sour ale with raspberry, cranberry, strawberry, pomegranate, cherry, lactose, and vanilla. That's a lot of ingredients. Yeah. It's what it has to be now to keep up with anything in the market. It can't just be IPA. It's got to be, well, it's a, 
Mosaic Citra Hopped with, uh, it's just wild. That's not bad. I like it. Yeah. It's not overly sour, which is right. nice. Yeah. I think they're getting away from that and just doing more like super fruit. It's healthy. I do like it where it's just enough sour to have the sourness, but not just over blatantly overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. Forgot what we were talking about. Um, <laughs> oh, the collaboration beers. We're gonna collaboration stories beers. from backstage. That's my recommendation for the next one. <laughs> I don't. I don't even care what kind of beer it is. Hey, I'd do it. I'll <laughs> set it up with. Uh, that'd be fun to set it up with Kyle and Brian and just. Uh, we could do a whole podcast episode. Yeah, on making do a the podcast, beer. them talking about it and yeah. stuff would be awesome. I'm down yeah, for that. That sounds really good. So it's been a crazy couple of years as we kind of get towards the end of the podcast here with COVID and everything. I, I mean, obviously everything shut down for a while. It yep. seems like there's different sets of challenges every day. For, I'll say for the most part, things are about as normal as they can have been to an extent. But I mean, what are your, still your biggest challenges? Um, yeah, things are getting back to being normal. It's just the constant talk about, you know, are you vaxxed? Are you not? Are you, you know, this different variant and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's almost not worth talking about anymore. Yeah, It's, you know everybody's had it if you haven't had it you're gonna get it if you're not vaxxed and you get it like it's your fault you've had plenty of time to be vaxxed by now i i have zero opinion about it i don't care anymore so that's everybody wants to talk about it what's funny is i live with my girlfriend of course she caught it all right we're both vaccinated she yeah. caught it i didn't catch it right and i think much to her chagrin like i think it was making her angry because i'm like stay on that side of the house right. just stay over there I mean, she'd walk around and just touch stuff. I'm, I'm just follow behind her, like you're infecting stuff. Yeah, <laughs> just start was, spritzing it. Yeah, I was spritzing it without partially just doing it to annoy yep. her. <laughs> I've had it multiple times. Like we all have, yeah. we we've all had it before. It's and if it's a runny nose, I mean everything's a symptom at this point, which is I don't know. I think is crazy, but you know they they posted what was it a couple weeks ago? The flu is making a comeback. No, nah, I mean, the flu's been here the yeah, whole time. The flu didn't just be like, no. hey, COVID, you go ahead. I'll take the back <laughs> We're burner. taking this year off. Right. We're going to take this fucking year <laughs> off. Me and Cold are going to sit over here. Like, I don't know. When, it so it when is. it comes to running backstage, is there still having When it comes to impact? running backstage. From what I could tell, mostly a lot has the wing production is fluctuates. Yeah. So ev- everything's going up. It's that simple. Like, we've had to raise our prices. And if people want to get mad about that, like, I, I'm not sorry about it. I'm not sorry that I have no, to raise my it prices. Shouldn't be. Like you're coming in, you're paying for an atmosphere, you're paying for good quality food, you're paying for top of the line. Like we're doing, I don't know. We did like pork belly bites yesterday, which came out fucking awesome. Like we're doing a crazy sandwich today. I'm still trying to pump out good specials and mm-hmm. utilize everything. But yeah, wings. I mean, God, there's been all these memes and whatnot, and all these, you know, comparisons between last year or two years ago and this year. Oil. Oil for fryers went up. They're up to like forty-two dollars yeah, for that a thirty-five pound. That I didn't even. They know used to be twenty-two dollars or, or twenty twenty-five dollars. So you're going up almost a hundred percent. And we have to change our oil out. Like, I mean, God, I, I can't imagine. We were talking about Twenty North with their wings. I can't imagine how often they have to change their oil out. And they oh, have man. huge fucking fryers. Yeah. I mean, my fryers each take. My fryers each take almost forty-two pounds. Of fryer oil. Jeez. So to be changed out, I mean, pending the busyness of us and whatnot every week. Yeah. It's that, a that good chunk of change. Yeah, it is. And people don't see that. People are like, well, wings are going up. Well, yeah, wings are $130 a case. They were up to 160 at one point. Jeez. But during COVID, because they had to freeze everything, we were down to like 40 bucks a case. You know, wings usually average, used to average right around like 90 to to $100, I want to say, a case. Mm-hmm. Maybe even lower on discount, you know, maybe 85 bucks. Now we're up to, I'm at $132 a case. But then on top of that, you're taking your $132 case, and I bake my wings off beforehand. I par-bake. So I season them, bake them in the oven at 350 for an hour or whatever it is, so they're fully cooked. So I have faster times. Mm-hmm. So my ticket times are seven minutes for wings versus... A fresh wing, I think you have to go like 13 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it is. Oh, okay. So now you're talking about the gas for the oven to run. You're talking about the wear and tear on the pans and cleaning the pans. So Uh that's labor cost. Then the fryer oil you're using, plus the gas that's on for the fryers. Then the sauce. Like the sauce is all, my sauce is all like my garlic parmesan sauce is shaved parm, heavy cream, and fresh garlic. 
it's not a sprinkle on sauce. It's not something that I buy. Like I fresh make it every single order. So it just, that jacks up the price more. So we're, we're charging 15 bucks for 10 wings. So a dollar 50 a wing. And there, there are other places out there getting way more than that. Oh, yeah. When trying to keep it reasonable. I feel like if you're not familiar or kind of somewhat plugged into the small business idea that, yeah, that may be surprising. I look at that now and see I'm, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I've been doing this long enough and have met enough awesome people to know their struggles before COVID. Yeah. And what kind of effect it can have. Guaranteed. Now it's just everything is going up. Yeah. It's that simple. So you got to really want it, you're going to pay for it. Right. Sorry, we got to raise it a dollar. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, if you want to be mad about it, like, just be mad. I don't care anymore. Yeah. You can it's... come and complain. I want to talk to the owner. I'm right here. Let me know. I don't oh, get like I don't, get, I don't cool. get people's mentality when it gets to that yeah, point. Like well, I don't give a shit what you people have to say. People just don't understand that things. Not not everybody, no, but a but. lot of people don't understand that things cost money. Yeah, like when we bring in extra blue cheese. Yeah, extra blue cheese is seventy five cents. I make my own blue cheese dressing. It's expensive. <laughs> it takes time to make. I have to make it today. Like, but people are like, "Well, I can't believe that's you know." You get the people that come in and ask for like nine ketchups. We don't charge for extra ketchup, but shit, do you think ketchup's free? Like, <laughs> it's not. It's not that ketchup's expensive, but it's all these little That's things. The, it's the principle. I remember. I remember working in the city, and this lady came in and asked for a cup of hot water with lemon, and then she made her own tea, and I charged her for the tea, and she was like, "Well, that's ridiculous," and I'm like, "Why?" She's like, "Because I brought my own tea." And I'm like, "Okay, so you're not allowed to bring your own beer to the bar." Why are you bringing your own tea to the bar? That's true. Just buy a fucking tea from us. Now, on top of that, you had to have the labor cost for somebody to cut a lemon. The lemon actually costs money. And the hot water costs money because you're heating the water. And then you have to pay the dishwasher to wash the glass. Like, there's, I don't know, people don't see the labor costs and everything behind no. it and all that stuff. It's People go out and expect, I don't know, everything. Well, I just want extra onions. All right, well, onions cost something. <laughs> like if you want an extra onion from Price Chopper, you just walk in and be like, "Listen, I want extra onion for my burger tonight. Take an onion." No, you fucking buy an onion. Yeah. So why is it any different in a restaurant? I don't know. But I thought it would be fun to wrap up some another shot of for no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dear God, no. <laughs> Super Bowl predictions. Super Bowl is one week from. Well, I don't even know what today is. Thursday. So, so we got a little over a week to go. I am, I, and I may be slow, but I will certainly have this posted before the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I am probably the only bar owner that You're doesn't gonna go give a Cincinnati. shit about sports. I don't. I, I I don't even know who's in it. Cincinnati Bengals, L.A. Rams. I do. I haven't watched football in like two years. Honestly, yeah. I used to be. I'm. I mean, I'm still a Giants fan, but yeah. after they started to suck, I just I gradually lost interest year after year until the last few months when New York finally legalized their online gambling. I've yeah. been a football fiend the last month, right? Because so I've had money gamble. on everything. Yeah. <laughs> So I always have a I have a running joke with all my reps and everybody that comes in that wants to talk sports, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, the Giants are playing tonight," or they're "Oh the Steelers are playing." Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, and I'm like, "Oh who he plays for?" Uh... And I'll just throw out something random and be like, "Oh yeah, he plays for the Oilers, right?" <laughs> they're like, "That's fucking hockey." I'm like, "I know it's hockey. Like I know the the basic concept of everything. I just don't follow it like everybody else." And I, I mean, I generally. What I would do on Sundays once I lost interest was, I guess, start playing video games instead. I'm like, right. just cuts into my video game time. Yeah. Yeah. I just never, I don't know. I never got into it. I played every sport growing up. Like, I played I, rugby uh, and hockey and baseball, basketball, all the above. I I'm a big hockey sports. fan. I and love then, hockey. Yeah, hockey's great. I'm I huge. could watch I could watch hockey on TV all day. I'm a day. huge Rangers fan. Hmm? I'm a huge Rangers fan. Yeah. I was... I was out in Buffalo, so I was always a Sabres fan. And we were talking about this yesterday because Fuddruckers uh, used to do dollar pints of Labatt's and really? $5 burgers during Sabres oh, games. Nice. Yeah. Fuddruckers isn't, isn't bad either. No, they were great burgers. But I, I always loved about going to hockey games is they're not like any other game. They're nope. not like basketball and football and baseball. People aren't screaming in the stands. I it's mean, like, some. Right. But you get that, you know, oh, he's going in for the goal. Oh. <gasps> And then the crowd's fucking silent until yep. they score. Like, it's it's such a cool concept. It the is. The whole place just goes silent. I've been to MSG for Ranger games twice. Yeah. And it's just a fucking awesome experience. Yeah. I do remember we my girlfriend and I went to an afternoon game. <clears throat> so it started at 12 or 1230. We're there at like 1145. Get yep. to our seats. We're like, well, let's go get a beer. It was Sunday. 
they wouldn't serve it to me until the clock hit noon. Oh my god! Are you kidding no. me? I got to. St- I'm standing to the side of the register literally for three minutes. Right. I'm like, yeah. come on. No, that's stupid. That that was always a thing in Buffalo. We we used to go to games, but we we didn't actually go into the games. We just pre-gamed. We just sat outside the gates. And Nothing pre-gamed. wrong with that. I, I'm, I'm down to do that, too. Yeah. Pre-game with the brothers and whatnot of the you know, fraternity, and then they went into the games, and we went back to the house. You know what's <laughs> funny, though? Like I'm, I'm, I bought the two large beers. I think yep. they were Yanglings, and I forgot how much they were. $84. But it was probably close to 30 for the yeah. two large beers. And I was looking at ticket prices because the Islanders were playing uh, down in Brooklyn because mm-hmm. they were using the Brooklyn Arena. Yeah. I'm like, I just bought two beers for the same price as a fucking Islanders ticket. Right. We could have just gone. That's <laughs> where they make the money. Ridiculous. That's <laughs> where they make the money. Because the Islanders suck. Yeah. And nobody wants to see them in Brooklyn. Right. <laughs> like, that's crazy. But, uh, yeah, I didn't care about football the last couple of years until I could start gambling on it again. Yeah. So, and I still don't care about the teams. I don't give a shit who wins. I just, right. Whoever. I can't wait for the halftime show. Whoever puts money in my pocket, thanks to my bets, that's right. what I'm cheering for. Right. The halftime show is going to be super like, curious. We're back in 2000s. I know, man. Like 1990. <laughs> Like, I am super curious to see how that. I'm honestly shocked that's the halftime show. I, I think like Eminem, yeah. Dr. Dre. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a joke. I thought oh when somebody posted it, I was like, well, "That'd be really fucking cool." I, Snoop's gonna be there and whatnot. You're like, how are they doing cool. this after Prince was too risky with just his shadow? Oh my god, yeah, I remember that. I'm like, so I will. I'll watch the Super Bowl if I have time, kind of thing. But I've always watched the halftime show. And it was funny. I keep setting this down. Like I'm not going to keep drinking. Right. It. I don't. It's just a force of habit. Speaking speaking of being a dancer, I was actually uh, the halftime show with Justin Timberlake. It was one of my favorite ones. I don't remember who fucking played. Didn't I don't. Matter. I don't remember what Super Bowl that was. Right. It was a few years ago. But we sat down and being in the city, he comes out on stage, and I'm like, "Oh shit, that's so and so. That's Anzi Screw. That's this person. That's this person. That's Marty Kudelka. Like I've danced with all these people." My mom's like, "Could you shut the fuck up?" Oh, wow. I'm like, what? She's like, I'm trying to watch it. I'm like, I know, but I've danced with these people and I've taken class from that dude and I've done this and I've done this. That's awesome. Oh, it was great. But she was like, could you shut the fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> Just being annoying, trying to watch Justin Timberlake. But no, to answer your question, I would say that uh, I think the Rams say are the gonna... Red Sox are going to take there it. Yeah, the Red Sox <laughs> for I'd the Lombardi the Trophy this year. Yeah, I see the Yanks are going to take it probably. Like, I, I think the Rams are going to win. Yeah. But the way I – I do a lot of bets, but I do, like – I don't bet a lot, like, a lot of money. Right. I don't bet anything I can't afford to Just kind of spread it out. Yeah, I spread it out, and I'm far enough up that I just still do, like, 5 or $10 bets. Mm-hmm. But I do these crazy-ass parlays that when I hit them, I'm that's right. when I make everything back and then some. Yeah. So I just bet on whatever they advertise because right. I don't know shit. I can't put – I can't piece a three- or four-part bet together myself yeah. and have a shot. So I will root for whatever is going to put money in my pocket. Right. I don't care who wins. But I like I thought the Chiefs were going to destroy the Bengals, and the Bengals yeah. are beat them and are going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And now I think the Rams are going to win, so they'll probably lose. <laughs> That's why I don't leave my betting decisions up to me anymore. Right. <laughs> you just let the. It's almost like going to uh, Saratoga Track and like betting whoever tells you on the pink sheet. I've never fucking won on a horse. Never. I've always done it, but I, so I used to bet my grandma, we, we always used to take her every year. We would go just one day, one day. And, uh, we used to go and she would bet win, place and show on, if it was, if it was a gray horse, you bet it. If it took a shit, you bet it. Lighter on its feet. Yep. And she would bet on a name that resembled somebody that she liked or something that she liked or a funny name. So I picked the funniest name and I bet $2 to win, place and show or the longest odds and you go there to fucking lose money. Like oh, there yeah. are people that I knew people when I was working at Applebee's that would literally take the entire track season off from their jobs. It's not that entertaining to me. They would go and they research. They research all year though. And he would come in and I'm trying to remember Angel maybe. I can't remember his name, Chris. And uh he would walk in and be like, Yeah, dude, we had a good day. I'm like, All right, so why are you at Applebee's? <laughs> He's like, We won fourteen K today. Like that's disgusting. Like, how do you how do you know to bet, or how do you have that much money? I don't. To I don't bet? have the. I don't have the balls to bet that kind of money. No way. God, the most I ever. We used to go to Seneca and play poker. And the most I ever put down on a table was like a hundred bucks. It was like a hundred dollar buy in for a one two blind Texas Hold'em. You the, know? Uh, yeah, the most I've ever bet at one time is a hundred bucks. Yeah, 
That's all you need that's, to bet. No, these guys were going and, and dropping and a I grand was already and making up so that if I right. lost it, I didn't. Re- I never really right. had it to begin with. Right. So. Yeah, that's funny. I don't know. It was crazy. Yep. But I think that's gonna do it, friend. All right. <laughs> now I will set my down beard so I can go back to my notes. Yeah. Uh, so that's a wrap on another successful edition of Stories from a Bar. Big thank you, Terry, for hanging out, thank having you. some drinks, telling me all about your life and backstage. This has been a fun time. Hell yeah. And again, there is merch downstairs, people, because he's wearing that awesome flannel. <laughs> uh, if you're not doing it already, be sure to go and like and follow all the Backstage Pub and Library 501 Facebook, Instagram pages, whichever social medias they have. I'm not sure of all of them. Instagram the and Facebook, yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, they'll certainly make you hungry and thirsty, based on the pictures I've seen, that's for sure. So when you see all that fine, awesome food and drink, be sure to come to Backstage Pub and order it. And that is... Look at following social media. Step one, come in here and buying shit. Step two. That's it. There you go. <laughs> you can also check out backstagepub501.com for the food and drink menus, I believe. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. That's up to date. Uh, anything else you want to throw in? Just other information about the library. We're open up here Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday now, 4.30 to 9-ish. We were here until probably 10 o'clock last night. And uh, yeah, come check us out. Awesome. Huge thank you out there to everybody checking out the show. I really appreciate it. You can, of course, follow Stories from a Bar on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at StoriesFAB to keep up with everything going on and coming up on the show. Also, be sure to check out Popcorn on Pints on Facebook and Twitter stream every Saturday night at 9. Myself and some friends just getting drunk and talking shit about movies and each other. You'll find Stories from a Bar on all major podcast platforms, so be sure to like and subscribe, and even more importantly, leave fantastic reviews. I will kiss you on the mouth if I have to to make it happen. I don't fear that. And, of course, share the hell out of it. So until next time, people, cheers. Cheers.